1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Dom Giordano on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD.
2: Dom time, welcome in. Uh, getting on the side question, something somebody did that was incredibly revolutionary, really advanced. I like one on Twitter. It's not like curing cancer. The Fosbury flop. I remember, Dan, the first time I saw Fosbury do it, I think I first saw it in the Olympics. And thought, oh, my God, this guy is on to something here for the uh, high jump. You know, it's revolutionary to have the guts to throw yourself over backwards over a bar like that. And I also remember a guy named John Ulysses. I'm not sure if he was the the first guy who used the fiberglass pole in pole vaulting. You know what goes wrong if the pole snaps or goes the wrong way when you're flying through there pole vaulting? You get thrown not into a pit. You get thrown anywhere. That's uh, pole vaulting. It's just hard to believe. All right. I'm going to play a little bit of Dr. Jill Biden surfacing today. Uh, President uh, Trump is particularly animated uh, today on the issue of this fraud trial. And the reason is, think of the pride you would have in a business like the Trump Organization. And they're essentially if you can't do business vis-a-vis New York, not just in New York, but coming out of New York or whatever, you're essentially damaging almost fatally one of America's great business stories. So I think that's why he's in New York today. This is particularly difficult. He wasn't allowed to speak in the closing arguments. I think he cares about this even more than the criminal uh, trials, such as they are. And in one, by the time we get to that Atlanta criminal trial, uh, the woman it's heading it up and the alleged boyfriend that she gave over six hundred thousand dollars to, to be a part of the special prosecutor. He's a personal injury lawyer. What is he doing wrong? Well, it's pretty obvious what he's doing. I think you're going to see that one knocked out of the box. I come back to the the trial that Trump has worried about, if anything, is the document thing with uh, Mar-a-Lago. I think the other case is going to be very hard to get inside the mind of Trump uh, as far as January 6th and the like. That's the case where there is something more tangible and there'll be quite a debate around it. All right, but we've been asking the question. One of the biggest outcomes of Christie dropping out is this will help Nikki Haley in Iowa polling out there today indicate she might come in second. If she does, the week between that Monday and then uh, this coming Monday and then uh, Tuesday in New Hampshire, where I think she's going to do pretty well, the media will be pitting her one-on-one with Trump now. I mean, it's pretty much removing anything else. And it enhances her status ultimately. Now, I don't know if enough information has been taken to determine Who you'd want as VP. Why did Trump choose Pence, for example? He chose him because he knew he needed enthusiastic evangelical support. Not just support on paper, but all out support to win. And that was the conduit Mike Pence was to evangelicals. I mean, what else is Mike Pence going to win you? Nothing. You can see that Mike Pence this time around had just nothing. So you're choosing a VP. I hear the last car arose. You want somebody with great principles that fits up and down in that line. Well, if you can find them and have a fit that way, that's what you do. There's one staring us right in the and face. And who is
3: that? Dr. Ben Carson. I got to go back uh, to it. Come on. Why it. not?
2: I don't see Dr. Ben Carson. Look, the people that are already on board. It's like board fire with- and ice. He's yeah. so boring. you would be perfect for right. Trump. The people that are already on board with this. They love Dr. Ben Carson. So, yeah, but he's not bringing anything outside that circle that I see. You don't see. think? like no. yeah, It's
3: a really good, like, well, I don't know, just from personal
2: anecdotal evidence, yeah. it seems a lot of women really like the guy. Eh, I don't see him bringing much of anything. And Very I humble, go- modest. I was going to nominate him, and somebody did on my Twitter, at least, as what we're looking for today, somebody revolutionary who is underrated. Yeah. I don't know, after interviewing this guy, et cetera, five, seven, ten times now, what he did in some of these operations, you got to believe God was involved in a most tangible way. Imagine—I mean, well, it's, it's nobody could even think about accomplishing this.
3: Like, think about it. In 1987. He had a team of surgeons. Yeah, there was a conjoined pair of twins, exactly by, the, by the crown yeah. of their head, yeah. and he was able to separate them. And it's like some, of the, some it's, of the breakthroughs that this guy had in his career are absolutely revolutionary. That's a great answer.
2: Yeah. So Ben Carson would be a great answer, but. Um, You know, I'm looking at these antsy suburban voters who have to give permission to themselves to do the right thing for their interest and vote for President Trump. What is it that gets them over the line? Dan, you're raining all over my pet theory. Well, you know when they're sitting there over coffee. It can't be that bad. Nikki Haley will be in the room. You think they're saying that with Sarah Huckabee Sanders or Ben Carson? Well, Ben Carson will be in the room there with Trump. <laughs> yeah, uh, Haley is going to be a major figure the next couple months because she's the last survivor. The media likes this story, etc. She's playing it smart. She's not directly confronting Trump. That would be insane. DeSantis played it smart, too. He's just a bad campaigner. And people want Trump this time around, right out of the box. All these indictments have enhanced it where DeSantis just couldn't overcome it. Could DeSantis come back in 28? Yeah, I think so. I still maintain, Dan, DeSantis made the right decision to run now. If I'm advising anybody, when it's there reasonably, you got to go for it. Case in point, Christie didn't run in 2012. Look at him now. He's almost a joke. In 2012, he would have been the nominee. And in the debate with Barack Obama, I take Christie on his feet against anybody. He's that good. Yeah, I, I just
3: I, I really think we're looking in the wrong direction here because yeah. like we're naming conservatives right. uh, who who have very right-leaning views, right leaning views, but I, I think conservatives are going to vote Trump no matter what. Like there's, you're not going to turn them away. The, what you need to capture with this VP selection, in my opinion, is that mod the the, the people who don't listen to talk radio. To be honest with you, those that mm. don't really care about politics but they'll go right. out and vote, uh, who are leaning towards Trump right now or leaning towards even Biden. And if you can win some of those moderates over with this election, I think that's what you need to be aiming for. I I don't know. I Are there any almost centrist Democrats that Trump's friendly with that would fit the bill? Mm. Or, not Democrats, I'm sorry. Centrist Republicans. Yeah. No way I'd vouch for a split ticket there. Uh, just, I can't see that. There's no you don't think scissors, that?
2: Like, nothing that...
3: I, I just don't know how you capture the thing. Brian
2: Fitzpatrick. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine the... Okay, let's put that up. I'm kidding. On Twitter... Trump picks Nikki Haley or Brian Fitzpatrick. Which one are you more at war at? Probably Nikki Haley. That's how bad yeah, it is. I yeah,
3: think.
2: yeah. Fitzpatrick's terrible. Like, yeah. I, I mean, it's never, it's a long show. It never happened. Yeah. But a
3: person like Jeff Andrew would be great in this situation. Yeah, but he's very conservative. He's not moderate. But though. he used to be a Democrat. He can right. sell himself I, I as know. someone that can reach over the aisle. I, I think that's what's needed, and that's what people are looking for in the center right now is... Not this extremist kind of mm-hmm. stuff, this rhetoric. And if you go further in one direction to try to capture a voting sect that's already mm-hmm. going to be voting for you, I think it's
2: politically well, pointless. Well, we're not doing that with Nikki Haley. We're we're trying to get these Republican voters. Well,
3: no, to... that's what I'm saying. Is I, I, I That's what I think he's trying to do with Nikki Haley in particular. Yeah. Uh, but right. some of these other names, I, I like DeSantis, I, I think that's just going to scare away any kind of moderate voter because of what's been said about him in yeah, the Yeah, it doesn't
2: help. DeSantis doesn't help here. No, you're right. There's no help with DeSantis. Maybe even some negative. right. 855-839-1210. That's uh, how you get on board. Here's a little bit of the stylings of Dr. Jill Biden did a big interview with uh, Mika Brzezinski. And in one case in the interview, they were talking just a horror what they're doing to your family. Uh, James Clyburn today said, all Biden is guilty of is being a dad. See, this is the thing that sets me off. Look, You're shameless as a family, including Dr. Jill Biden, up and down the line. You made a lot of money grifting this whole thing. You're stupid in the case of Biden himself. You're beyond smug and arrogant in the case of Hunter Biden. But you want to play I'm just a good dad card. And oh, by the way, my son's an addict. So Mika Brzezinski, Dan, asked about aren't you afraid? They're taking, they're obsessing over Hunter Biden and they're, portraying him at his worst. How could you do that to a human being? This guy deserves every single thing because he's gotten away with it. So here's the first one. Um, Republicans, what they're doing to Biden, to Hunter Biden, is so cruel, 8A
4: have you
5: been coping personally uh, with the onslaught of accusations against your husband and your family including and especially Hunter the focus of a House Oversight Committee hearing holding him in contempt obsessing over him showing pictures of him him during vulnerable moments in his battle with addiction on the floor of the house this would crush any family.
0: Mika, I I think what they are doing to Hunter is cruel and I'm really proud of um, how Hunter has rebuilt his life uh, after addiction. You know, I'm. I love my son, and it's had. It's hurt my grandchildren, mm-hmm.
5: and that's
0: all what seven I'm of
2: them. All seven. I'm so
5: concerned about that. It's affecting their
2: lives. That's as cruel. Well. What
5: do you think when you hear Trump Republicans calling you? The- Biden crime family, Our, uh, <laughs> I have one congresswoman, the Biden crime family sold out America, Marjorie Taylor Greene. He's a liar. He's mentally incompetent. Um, and let's not even talk about what let's go Brandon means, mm-hmm. but you have U.S. senators holding signs that say that. <laughs> it's, hard. it's hard to realize our country, isn't it? I mean, to look
0: at it, what we used to have and um, what the other side, the extremists have turned this country into. I mean, we would never see things like that, say ten years ago.
2: And uh, you guys, and Joe Biden himself has not been. How about putting you in chains? When did that happen, Doctor? Who's telling people that they're going to put you all back in chains? Who is it that's engaged in just a ceaseless tour? You're going to put y'all back in chains. Yeah. Thank you very much, Doctor. All right. Here's a little bit more. Here's why. The great lady, Dr. Jill Biden, is going to suffer through another campaign why democracy is on the line.
5: Yet another presidential campaign. This would be what? Your fourth? Fourth. fourth. Oh, yeah. Fourth. Wait, <laughs> is it? <laughs> uh, 14th campaign. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Potentially another four years in the White House yes. with everything you do here. Does yet another one give you any pause, thinking of like the personal health and well-being for both of you, the division in this country? The cruelty of MAGA Republicans against your family. Just any part of you once in a while think, oh, maybe we bow out. You know, that's why I want to go through yet another campaign. Oh, yes. Because
0: I think, as Joe says, democracy, our freedoms are what's on the line. And so Americans have a choice. Mm -hmm. You know, they can have strong, steady leadership, Mm -hmm. someone (sighs) fighting for democracy, Mm -hmm. or they can choose... Chaos and division.
2: Amazing. Amazing, the projection, the savagery, the stupidity of the two here together. That's why I come to this conclusion every day again. They're not going anywhere. They're not dropping out. She wants to be there. They all want to be there. So whatever they have to do to try to get over the finish, cruelty. how many times did cruelty come up here? Now, Hunter Biden deserves to go to jail for at least... Ten, if not 20 years. He is the face of privilege. Uh, Coming up, uh, your calls. People want to get in on the Trump uh, VP thing. Uh, Again, I think we pick the person. It's the Ronald Reagan thing. Who has the most values that you think reflect what Trump has done and proposed and yet helps get you over the finish line? And I'm not in the camp that says that the VP doesn't matter. I think if you pick the right thing at the right moment, like some of the stuff we're talking about now, now they do get you over the finish line. And there have been several VPs that have helped to do that. Johnson is one. Won Texas for the Kennedys, among other things, cheating big time, but did it. Does a VP do any of that? Yeah, they can. So. Haley is going to be right there in the center of the line. And Trump is a guy who calculates these things. He'll go back and forth, back and forth. He's not picking someone just to say they're in line with MAGA values. I don't see it because I don't know that Mike Pence ever was. Bottom line was he was the best person to be that bond with evangelicals. And I think Pence did his job.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: advertise with odyssey visit ads.odyssey.com
2: coming up at uh, 1 30 we're gonna have the guy who was the architect on giordano's show of the uh bill that really i got everybody to sign off in harrisburg it rains in larry krasner and i'm gonna play him some of the wild stuff said today and let him react to it we're also gonna ask him dan you talk with Donald Trump uh, once an hour. That's what it appears to be here. With the Krasner people are saying, yeah, Donald Trump again. Picture Trump in the middle of fighting to save his business life, running for president. The reporter asked him, you know, uh, Larry Krasner was attacking you today, Mr. President. Trump, <laughs> What the hell's a Larry Krasner? My God. Why, an upstate representative
4: who's gotten about 12 or 13,000 votes... And loves donald trump might want to erase 155,102 102 votes in philly because those are not his boss's votes i totally understand
2: that this his boss's votes my god that
3: he says he totally understands it yeah. Like, like yeah you work for soros it makes a lot of sense doesn't
0: it
2: i uh, you know the presidential election is much more consequential but i hate to admit if on election night the next time we're around with Krasner we beat him it would be equally satisfying. I mean, the end, oh, oh, seeing him have to take off the glasses and clean them. Now, if he wins, it's going to be grading again. He's running again. He's going to continue to run. He's having a blast. Can Sherelle Parker really push back? I think she's going to try, but this, 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 with this guy takes, he's got to call out the black ministers and say, how dare you? How dare you for all these petty grants? sacrifice the safety of your flock that's exactly what they're doing all right let's go to um okay let's go to claire in harleysville on talk radio 1210 hey claire good afternoon
6: good afternoon
2: love your show thanks claire very much um, i
6: like uh, lee Zeldin from new york mm-hmm. i think he would i think he'd be good because he almost won in new york as a governor
2: Yeah, I don't know that he brings something extra to. He's high quality, and at one point there, I did think he was going to win in New York. He's the type of guy, though, Claire, it might be better that you put into the cabinet. He's a drill-down guy. You put him in charge of something major, oh, like transportation, and he would be spectacular. Now, if Trump did pick Nikki Haley, what, what would you do? Well, I'm going to
6: vote for uh, the Republican. I mean, we can't have another mm-hmm. Democrat. I mean, that's the way yeah. I feel. There, It doesn't matter who it is. You know, yeah. I'm going to vote Republican.
2: No, Lee Zeldin is a guy uh, <clears throat> with the future, though. To run that campaign in New York, you're right. That yes. speaks really well of him. He would be uh, somebody I'd look at for the cabinet. I'm talking like a significant cabinet role.
6: Yeah. yeah. Well, I could see him... Uh, uh, being approved by the union people and stuff, yeah. Because I think some of the union people in Pennsylvania are kind of down on Biden.
2: I think so too. Thank you, Claire, very much. Dan, you had something? Yeah, just question for you.
3: I, I, I know identity politics is right. something ter- like we we don't right. we don't like talking about. It. Like it's not something good. But you have here now, Zelda and a white male. Is it not beneficial to capture moderate centrist voters? For Trump to have a black male, black female, a female VP. Is, sure. Is, okay.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to lie to anybody. in You know, I got one goal here. And uh, I'm not going to be my high horse of patriotism and purity tests, And it's one thing. Winning. Because if you don't win, you know, this is analogous to this whole thing. It's analogous to the pro-life thing. Look at what Trump said about it. Uh, even Haley on this. Did pro-life supporters of President Trump go nuts when he said this is too harsh, the six-week ban? No, they got exactly what Trump was saying. DeSantis is the one that's out of bounds. It's insane. And I have a good source connection, Dan, to DeSantis, and she can't figure out. When did he lose his mind to think that you were going to—here's the theory. He knew he had to win Iowa. Iowa is a huge problem the number of evangelicals that will be there is huge on caucus night. So he thought, go with the six-week ban. That will appeal to them. You've got to win Iowa. Trump is vulnerable in Iowa. Look at what Republicans have. Let's uh, analyze this. That I'm right, they want to win first. A, mail-in balloting. Do we get people calling and going wild, attacking me because we've been on mail-in balloting for a year now, saying that's what we have to do? No. Do we hear people that are pro-life calling and attacking? Because we're saying, yes, you got to win first, though. And the answer is, no, we're not having people do that. Why is it? They get it. They get that you have to on some of these things, like mail-in balloting. You got to win. Yesterday, we had one of the most brilliant guests, um, uh, Kay On. If you missed that, it's up on podcast. And he had an idea I'm writing about now, which is Trump and these others. He said, Trump, come to three major courthouses. He goes through talking to people about mail-in balloting, how safe it is, et cetera, et cetera. Then he says, I'm not leaving Pennsylvania till we have X number. Pick a number. And brings other influencers in. X number of people who have gotten their mail-in ballot or have applied to get their mail-in ballot. Maybe haven't voted mail-in before or haven't voted before. I love that idea. We cannot start out, as we did in the Supreme Court race, 460,000 to nothing, essentially. Something like that. You just can't do that. It's depressing to think I'm starting out a game here. And let's face it, this is a game of the highest consequence. And I'm down 460,000 to nothing. How am I going to win? So people have made their peace with it. Trump's got to make his peace with it. He's got to be bolder. He's got to be more direct, and he's got to do it here in Pennsylvania. He's got to give license to people to say, yes, I don't like mail-in balloting. We may get rid of it someday, but for now, we got to win. That's all that matters in 2024. I mean, within the parameters of the values that people are wanting to vote for Trump for. I'm excited that Pennsylvania, so on the upside, I'm excited that Pennsylvania is either tied or is the number one thing that's going to determine the fate of the country. But I'm also upset that urgency is not the watchword, not my form of urgency. This is like it's fourth and one, we're on the goal line. And we don't have the people here in Pennsylvania to do that. You know it, and I know it. And we got to light the fire under the Trump campaign to do whatever they have to do. I mean, are you really serious if Ronna McDaniel is your head of the RNC? That is just unexplainable to me. Uh let's go to um let's go to uh, Robert in Ben Salem. Robert's on Talk Radio twelve ten. Hey Robert, afternoon.
6: Hey Dom Dan, how you guys doing today? Good, somebody Robert. almost made me. Somebody almost made me drive off the road when they say Brian Fitzpatrick. But I'll carry on. <laughs> well, I,
2: I was doing that. Come on now. Here's the test: Brian Fitzpatrick is VP or Nikki Haley? Which one are you going, Oh man, I'm in hell. I'm in hell.
6: Well, I, I'll put it this way: I, I'm thinking about his VP, but I'm one of them. To, I'm going to vote for Trump regardless of who he picks. Yeah, um, I
2: think that's what's going to anyway, happen.
6: In that hot mic moment, I got to hear Chris Christie say he was the only one punching above his weight, and I thought that was just hilarious. That was like H. Ross Perot saying, "I'm all ears." You know what I mean? Don't that, don't
2: that. that is a great line. Yeah,
6: they don't want to hear. And it. Another thing that we, we need to right. talk. About. <laughs> another thing we need to talk about is who's going to run for the Democrats.
2: Did you see Joe lead him off the stage, Dom? Oh yeah, that's good. You know what? Okay. She's, I can tell you what that's about. Uh, We started to see it maybe two or three days ago. They made a decision now. They're going to be blatant about it. There's less damage to her grabbing him right around the wrist and leading off the stage than there is letting him sort of get off and she guides him. They're going to put him in a hammerlock and take him off. And you know what? I I think that's a sound political judgment. Having him... Take it it's off bodily abuse. Yeah. It's elderly abuse. Well, it's that too. Okay? I yes. don't,
6: I'm no fan of Joe Biden, but she should go to jail. for. They're pumping him up with B12 every time he has to. That's not good <laughs> yeah, for him. That's true. I, I, it's not. I mean, it's really not. I took care of my uncle for the last five years. He had Alzheimer's. OK, so I'm not reveling in this. It's frigging awful. OK, but he's not going to get any better, man. He can't. He will not physically be able to run in 2024, Tom. I'm telling you, but I'll leave that go because there's a lot of time to talk about that. And I wanted to get to the side question. A collaborative effort started in 1919 to develop a way of turning electronic impulses into images. And it was a collaborative effort. But one of them, Philo Farnsworth, patented the first television in 1927. And all of their work, all four of them, from Japan, Italy, and the United States based it all, on what tesla had done with electricity but i'm going to go with philo farnsworth for mine and i really appreciate the time and y'all have a great Robert on
3: hulu go check out the machines that built america the i think it's the third episode titans of television goes into the story of philo farnsworth and ah. it's fascinating how rca kind of stole the idea and stuff so go check yeah, it out
6: I, I i can do that but I, i'd rather do that without hulu dan thank you thank
2: you thank you what a <laughs> diplomat! Well, Dan, I'm not getting Hulu just because you suggested it. All right, so we got uh, Ducey and Kirby, the alleged admiral, who is, uh, we'll have that coming up then. All right, yeah. Going yeah, back we won't over. have Dan
3: time today. We'll do that during Dan but time.
2: They have made a decision, I'm convinced, Dan, which is let her grab him, not by the hand, by the wrist, and take him off the stage. And you know what? If I were managing this, that's a better decision than letting him wander off the stage. That's what it's reduced to. Robert's right. All right, coming up, we're going to talk with the architect of this bill that Larry Krasner blames President Trump for. And we're going to play you a little bit of Senator Street melting down today and then let our guest, the architect of the bill, respond all in a big show here on Talk Radio 1210. Just one note before we start with our special guest, Dan, a uh, major police source just told me that Senator uh, Sharif Street's son is being prosecuted. For assaulting one of the security guards over at the uh, inaugural, not saying that's the sole reason he went nuts today, but our guest is uh, State Senator Wayne Langerholtz, who joined us before. He is, uh, I guess, Transportation Committee, so it's within his purview what goes on with SEPTA. He's the architect, if you will, of this pass law signed by Governor Josh Shapiro, and I think twenty-three Democrats in the House, something like that, and some in the Senate. They said, no, people need protection here vis-a-vis SEPTA and surrounding SEPTA because of what's going on here in Philadelphia. Well, today we heard that Senator Langerholtz, we didn't know this. It's just, in the words of people, they are a stooge of President Trump. Who knew? All right, let's go to the uh, uh, state. An
4: upstate representative who's gotten about 12 or 13,000 votes. And loves Donald Trump, might want to erase 155,000 yeah, 150 votes name, in Philly because those are all not the time his
2: boss's votes. I totally understand that. Oh, man. Senator, welcome back to Philadelphia, the land of milk and honey. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Don. Well, have you heard this uh, salvo before? You're in rare company. Whenever there's something we don't like in Philadelphia, they usually blame Trump or some. It was George W. Bush one time about John Street when there was corruption in his office. It was a plot by George W. Bush. So now it's a plot by Trump through you, apparently. I guess you want to be the VP choice, maybe. <laughs> I
7: don't know about that. Uh, it reminds me there of the old adage, when you've, when you have the facts argue the fact When you don't have the facts, argue the law. When you don't have the law, argue the facts. We don't have either. Just argue. And I think that's uh, what's happening here. They're trying to cloud and muddy this water and make it something that, quite frankly, it's not. And it's uh, quite disingenuous.
2: Let me play you a cut. I think this is from uh, your colleague, uh, Senator Street, Senator, who says well, let's pay attention to Johnstown, which seems pretty bad, according to Sharif Street. Here's what he said.
4: Secondly, he claims look, I don't I don't manage managed to impugn the, the, uh, a uh, maker's character. However, I don't know where to anyway, uh, the maker yep. says that he's doing this just limited to Philadelphia because he's concerned about crime. That is the purported purpose of the bill. However, I want to point out that, um, cause there's this myth somehow that gets out there. This is all happening because Philadelphia is so dangerous. We have so much crime. The overdose rate, the level of drug uh, activity in the maker's district, per capita in many of his municipalities is significantly higher than Philadelphia. But he's not doing anything about that. He needs to worry about the folks in his own district. Let's tell the truth, right? But sometimes people do things to distract from what's going on in their own district. So you got a guy, represents Johnstown, represents an area where people are destitute, has no solutions for the problems in his own district, then wants to scapegoat people and focus on an area that is over 300 miles away from where he represents.
2: Well, Senator, ball's in your court, man. I'm, I haven't been to Johnstown in my life. I'm not going to go anytime soon based upon that uh, analysis. What do you have to say to Senator Street here?
7: Well, I mean, that's that's an issue that we've been confronting since I was elected. I'm a former prosecutor. I was the f- former lead prosecutor for the Cameron County Drug Task Force. So I know the issue well. And I find it, uh, I don't know if he has selective memory or what it is, uh, but we had a bill that dealt with recovery to work, which would allow people that were battling addiction to be able to uh, obtain jobs and different meaningful, gainful employment. And he actually uh, you know, stood up on the floor of the Senate and thanked me for starting the conversation and helping people get forward. So, I mean, lest he forget so quickly, I mean, it's easy to get the rhetoric going, but I just don't – I don't see where that's coming from. Again, it's just an issue to, to cloud and muddy the water and away from what the real issue is here.
2: Uh, there's one more we wanted to play for you, and this, gets, this will be cut three, Dan. It gets into the constitutionality of it and how Sharif Street sees this as clearly unconstitutional.
4: Additionally, it has to, be ra- it has to pass rational basis, meaning it can be clearly implemented in a way. Well, I have been uh, uh, explaining what my legal interpretation. I am a lawyer, and I've consulted with at least uh, four or five lawyers who represent the Senate Democratic Caucus. I will tell you that there are different interpretations by all, forts of, all four sets of caucus lawyers that represent all four caucuses of the legislature that passed it. We, the legislature, cannot even agree on what the interpretation is. And the proof is the maker has gone on television on multiple occasions and said that he has a different interpretation than mine. So the caucuses that passed it don't even agree on the interpretation. And, le- and, and let's and let be clear, Legisl- our statements are relevant legislative 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 history is relevant in the interpretation of this of this so i don't even think it passes a rational basis because there isn't a clear interpretation
2: all right a little bit of inside baseball then what's your response to that senator
7: i don't understand where he's coming from quite frankly and i don't want to seem to just completely discount this but did you read the bill i mean is he a lawyer? Did he read the bill? Is is he going to be arguing this case? I hope he is. He'll be left out of court. <laughs> I mean I don't understand where yeah. he's coming from, honestly. Yeah. And I don't mean to speak like that, yeah. but I mean really. It's 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 flabbergasting to see where he's trying to develop these legal arguments. Read the bill. Read the bill. There was another part in there too that he called out and said about grammatically incorrect SEPTA yes. authority. That, I went back. Where's that in the bill? It's not even in the bill. I mean, either he's not reading his you know, legislation before he argues it, or he's getting really bad information from his staff because it's just not there. I mean, it's it's laughable that that you would get you know, rally these rally people that that behind this, who you know read the bill, get a copy of the bill, read it. It's very clear. This is no, I said this before I was on your show. This is analogous to a special task force on crime. It's analogous to, you know, an additional layer. It's an additional resource. Nothing takes from the prosecutor power of District Attorney Krasner. Well, wait a minute. Here,
2: here's what they would counter that they don't want to say, and you and I know what it is. Krasner, you're taken away from not his power to prosecute, that he doesn't want anyone prosecuting almost anything. Isn't that really what's being taken away?
7: Yeah, that's a fair point.
2: Yeah, Absolutely that's exactly point. in a nutshell what it is. One one final point for you, Senator, too. Um, the Attorney General, then, as we understand it, wanted to be clear, under this, I think from the inception of the bill passage, has 30 days to appoint this special prosecutor, if that's the right term, and that person has to be a resident, a citizen of Philadelphia?
7: Correct. Correct. There's That's uh, one of the... Uh, requirements that uh, that they be a uh, citizen of Philadelphia as well, have minimum five years of experience in criminal mm-hmm. prosecution, be a member of the bar, obviously that's an important right. point, yeah. uh, not have been employed by the DA's office uh, within six years, and possess the character and fitness, uh, but be a resident of the county, absolutely.
2: So 30 days, when does that click off here?
7: Well, this was signed into law, on December 14th. And that's another uh, counter to that. He said this was a rushed bill. We introduced this in transportation. We ran this out of the Transportation Committee April 26th of 2023. It passed the Senate in May, May 2nd of 2023. It sat in the House from May 2nd until December 13th when the House passed it. That's over almost eight months. How is that a rushed bill?
2: Yeah. So that means then that, uh, what, uh, Sunday, is the day that we should have the appointment?
7: Right. Yeah, okay. like 30 days from the 14th, so yeah.
2: Yeah, because, you know, it's going to be very interesting. I'm very interested. Do you have any sense? I mean, that's a, uh, a small number of people there following all those criteria, particularly what's at a sensitive position here. You really need somebody top-notch here in Philadelphia to be doing this.
7: Yes, yeah, it's. I don't have any sense. I don't have any any involvement, obviously, okay. in that. That is the that that is the job of, of the attorney general to appoint that. And I have every confidence uh, in her ability to do that.
2: Well, we will now, point to yeah. just
7: the fact yeah. that the uh, the uh, the governor signing this the day after it was passed out of the house. You know, the governor has his own staff of mm-hmm. attorneys that you, you can bet that if this. Was raised some red flags with them. You can bet that they would have counseled him, and, and especially you know, given that Governor Shapiro, you know, prior to being governor, was the chief law enforcement officer of the state. I mean, he has a vested interest in this, vested interest in the safety and, and from his area where he, you know, where he lives.
2: Well, so, yeah, and uh, again, his name you probably were told to didn't come up at all today. You know, in other words, let's stop talking about you and Trump and all this craziness. What about Josh Shapiro signing off on this immediately? And you're right. He's a very calculated, buttoned-up guy. He's not going to sign off on something that's going to be an embarrassment.
7: Yes, you're absolutely correct.
2: Well, Senator, thank you. To be continued, thank you for jumping on today, though. We appreciate it very much.
7: Sure. Always a pleasure, Don. Thank you.
2: All right, Senator Wayne Langerholtz, uh, tip of the hat to Dan, getting him on a moment's notice. So, Dan, here's the thing that uh, media not covering enough on all this thing, that the person who will be the special prosecutor has to be appointed then, according to him, by January 14th, which is Sunday. Yeah. Now, you, you can't make that this is the end of the world, how major this is, because it could include a lot of Philadelphia and not be talking about this more. I mean, this is a big deal, whoever's yeah. going to be appointed. And it's a very limited number of people. You heard the criteria there. How many people in Philadelphia are fitting that?
3: Don't <clears throat> <Dumb> explain. <sighs>
2: Ah, Bill McSwain. Not going to happen, though. They want to underline what he
3: also said, and they're, they're making a huge fuss about this, Sharif, but am I not wrong? Isn't the Attorney General a Democrat? Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, so so well, the person appointing this. The right-hand person of Josh
2: Shapiro. So it's
3: not even these uh, Trump-loving Republicans yeah. in Senate that are going right. to make the decision who the prosecutor is. It's going to be a Democrat. It's just, it's, a, it's a safeguard for the citizens of Philadelphia.
2: How many candles do we have anywhere here that I can light and start to chanting that it be Bill McSwain? Oh, my God. <laughs> can you awesome. imagine McSwain standing in front of his office? What was that quote he had chef? about an uh, adult in the kid's room? Or Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. But it's, it's it could be somebody Republican. It could be somebody more moderate. I don't know who in the world fits the bill. I'll throw another name out, just uh, Derek Green, who's a Democrat, is tight with Sherelle Parker and had a novel way to take on. That's the worst nightmare. If Derek Green is the person they choose, Dan, that would be trouble for Larry Krasner because he's calm but will go right at him. So this is big. We may be seeing quite a challenge here in Krasnerland. All right, love to get your reaction to that. Also, hit us with somebody who revolutionized something invention or what they did, the accomplishment. Uh, we started off because today is the Amelia Earhart uh, 1935, went from Hawaii and landed in San Francisco today by herself, solo. They're running a strange program, y'all. It's stand time.
6: I can handle things. I'm smart, I'm like everybody said.
3: Lift on. As it's that time of the afternoon that I usually take over for some Dan Time with Dom. But, Dom, I've been really busy back behind the scenes here today. was uh, trying to get Langerholtz on, and it was a great oh, interview you just yeah, had there.
2: just enormous. Struggling, man. York I'm sweating. Gonna... If
3: you're going to youtube.com slash at twelve ten and WPHG, you can probably see me sweating through my shirt today. But, uh, Dom, because of that, I'm going to send it back to you for some Dan Time. Some Dom Time on Dan Time with Dom. How about that?
2: All righty. Thank you very much for that. And you happened to see this yesterday. I didn't. Fox News has a story. Uh, But Philadelphia guy, Northeast Philadelphia, we're not exactly sure. Uh, He bought this house, did a lot of um, remodeling. It looks beautiful. And then somehow or another, it's in Northwest Philadelphia, I think. Okay. Somehow or another, Dan, and we're trying to get him on here in Philadelphia. um, Squatters got in there. You know, that we actually have a word for this. You can't be a squatter when it comes to my golf clubs or your car or something like that. You don't hear squatters' rights. How do they get they can squat in your home and if they get in there? And once again, the Philadelphia police, now this is a while ago, not the current administration. They told them there's not too much they can do to get them out of said house because of squatters' rights. They wouldn't take them out of there, even though Danny presented them with the deed, the point the, the police agreed this is solid. Yes, it is your house. Yet they wouldn't help in getting out of it. What are you supposed to do? Am I supposed to go down to Pashunk and Mifflin and saying I need five guys with no necks? Come on over here. I'll pay you 100 bucks each. Get him out of there.
3: Yeah, so he got a call from his real estate agent, and there, there were people changing the locks outside. They were even trying yeah. to change the locks so they can lock out the homeowner here. Yeah. And they requested a $2,000 ransom at first. Yes. And the guy does a walk through the property, sees that it's absolutely trashed, and essentially agrees to pay 1200 because he's tried to go through the pop- proper path, but crap so backwards here in Philadelphia that... Nope, uh, squatters allegedly have more rights than homeowners themselves. Yes,
2: so this is not made up. Ultimately, to get them out of there, he had to pay 1200 Now, you know, what if they get back in? Does he have to continue to do this? And I guess the question to ask, the, the great question, aside from this is a perfect example of the lawlessness in Philadelphia. And you would have people on city council saying, well, squatters rights. Let's come and do it to your house. Yeah, Krasner would probably say it, too. We're not going to do anything. What would you do if you were in that situation and you're in Philadelphia? And more broadly, this is the type of stuff people face all the time. This is like a quality of life crime extreme. It's not just about murder and violence. It's about stuff like this where you have people that are just not going to comply with the law. And the law, sadly, sometimes the police, under Daniel Outlaw and under Jim Kenny particularly, say, well, we're not going to do anything about it. you got to go to court. And it might take a year. A year.
3: So I was actually talking to some friends about this yesterday, and uh, I know one that went through something similar, and what he had to do is actually a family property, I think under his mom's name, and he had to move in as a renter, write up a rental contract, become Mm. a renter, because allegedly tenants' rights supersede squatters' rights, which supersede landlord rights in Philadelphia. So since he had tenants on paper, he could kick out the squatters by saying that the tenants rights supersede. I, there might be something to that, I, but uh-huh. it's so, so backwards
2: here in Philadelphia that you even have to do something like that too.: Yeah, that everybody agrees it's your property. So just this whole concept, is it all English law or something that Philadelphia's just distorted? Why, when it comes to houses, do we say squatters' rights? We don't say it with almost anything else. That I could imagine, but squatters
3: rights. Robert says shut their water off. People can go without electricity, but cut their water, and they will leave.
2: You're probably under some kind of, that's good theory. He doesn't like the no neck theory. He wants to shut the water off. Okay. I don't know if you do that, then. Do they come after you somehow or another because you've done something that's cruel or mean? They oh, definitely will. Yeah, the progressives yeah, are going to be knocking on your yeah, door with Yeah, we hope to uh, get this guy on. We're trying to track him and the real estate guy involved with him. But imagine, would you advise them, yeah, pay the 1200 get man. them out of there. Now, I happened to see a Sopranos the other night. They had a problem with these people in Newark, Dan, the place they have, They were squatters. They made it a drug den. They just sh- sent a, a bunch of guys in there to shoot up the place. Now You can't do that. <laughs> That's more problematic. Yeah. But you mean to say that you have to take this and just pay off people? That's the best course of action. That the police just have no authority in this. Nope. Squatter's rights. They just say a phrase, squatter's rights. All right, big two o'clock hour. We got a great prize again. Tickets to see uh, Jeff Dunham in September. That will be for Dom's Money Melody. But uh, what would you do? We got a lot of real estate people. Is this something that happens a good bit in Philadelphia?
1: Dom's Giordano. Weekdays, noon till three. From Talk Radio 1210, WPHD.